Yes. So Chris, I don't a- normally ask you this question. Yeah. Why did you pick this movie? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I was just curious. I, I wasn't sure if there was any specific reason. I'm not going to like, you have the tendency, like we said, to uh-huh. pick movies that I am not familiar uh-huh. with. Uh, so when you said the title of this one, uh, what I what I, when I looked it up was not what I was expecting no. in the slightest. Uh-uh. I was very very surprised. But uh, well, I guess um, I guess I should probably introduce. Welcome to Creature Crunch. <laughs> you forgot to start the episode. I yet. didn't forget. I just decided to do it in a different oh, order. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Creature Crunch, um, the podcast where we. Okay, uh, I had it in my head. Now it's it's gone. Okay, now it's back. The podcast where we take a creature and we stat it out so you can kill it, unless it can sing very well. My name is Matt, and I'm Lassen, Lassen, Lassen. And this, like, this was unexpected. Yeah. I, I was just like, okay, a monster in Paris. Let's see where you're going up. And I was like, oh, 2011. This is a lot more recent than I thought. That's animated. What's going on here? <laughs> this, is a, this is a cartoon. What's? Uh, it's not the first cartoon we've done, but no. <laughs> but still, it took me by surprise. Yeah. I I saw it on uh my like what you call it, on Amazon Prime where it like scrolls through movies that thing. Sure. And I was like, okay, yeah, we could do that at some point. And then like I decided I wanted to inflict something on you. Okay. Because <laughs> I knew you would hate it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. It's just. <laughs> it it was not what I was expecting, and it was like it was fine. Yeah. Okay. I like animation. I like uh-huh. I like kids movies, and I like animation a lot. Um. So that did didn't bother me. It was again, it was a uh-huh. little bit of a shock, but it didn't bother me. Uh, when I looked it up, and the first thing I saw was <laughs> from the director of a Shark Tale. I started having major questions. <laughs> like, yeah. like, um, that's not the only thing he's done. That's what they advertised on the cover. <laughs> yeah, I know. But um, so, the, which is a choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the director is uh, Bebo, Bebo Bergson, whose name I will never not read as Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he was the director of Shark Tale. But more importantly, he was the director of The Road to El Dorado, which is a much better movie. Yeah. Put that on your cover yeah and it's from a short story that he wrote based off of the phantom of the opera oh that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah doesn't it? it's oh a riff God. on the fa- phantom of the opera that makes so much sense which is one yeah. of the reasons i love this movie but i mean it, okay so no it, it wasn't necessarily my bag uh-huh. um it was fine as I, for what I it was i adore the first like two-thirds of this movie yeah yeah the it, it's like, cute i will it, say it's that very it cute, is very yeah. cute um i enjoyed Three of the characters. Mm-hmm. That's that, yeah, that. That's where. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the rest of the characters were very aggravating. Uh-huh. But I mean, it, it's just it's a kids movie mm-hmm. and it's an animated film. I don't mind it. I will not fault it for that. Mm-hmm. It was not bad. Yeah, I will say that it was. There not bad. are much worse kids movies out there. Like, <laughs> oh my god. I mean, there's one on the cover art of this. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> Shark Tale, yeah. for example. But. Um, no, there are, there are some pretty unbearable ones, and, um, but I mean, as far as that goes, this was this was harmless mm-hmm. and it was fine. I mm-hmm. didn't mind it at all. So, yep. So yeah, the the director is uh, Bebo Bergson. It's produced by uh, Luke Besson, who was the director of The Fifth Element. Okay. Uh, so it's it's got kind of a pedigree, honestly. 
um, Francois is voiced in English by uh, Sh- Sean Ono Lennon, who is the son of John and Yoko. What? Wow. I yeah. Didn't... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the the uh, film actually won several awards at both the Annies and the French Césars. Oh, okay. So it, it's, like I said, it's got a pedigree. That's surprising considering, again, I had not heard mm-hmm. anything about this until you brought it up. And I mean... Sure. <laughs> I, I I don't think it's all that in a bag of chips, but whatever. I do have to say the French version is better. Oh, is it? Yeah. Especially in, with the exception of uh, Sean Lennon's songs, the music's a lot better in French. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Because, well, I mean, but it was, this was originally done in English, because, right? Nope. Or, really? Nope, it's French. It's extremely French. Wow. Because I was trying, like, I, that's what I th- thought at first was that it was in French, but mm-hmm. I was watching and the lip syncing was yep. pretty accurate. So. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's, it came out in uh, French in, or France in uh, 2011. And then was dubbed for American audiences. Uh, it's got a completely wow. different voice cast with the exception of uh, the actress who does Lucille, who is uh, Vanessa Pardi. And she's the only character to have voiced both the French and English version of her character. Ah, okay, okay. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's her, her, I, I assume her pronunciation of French stuff, in, the French things in the English dub were pretty spot on, I yeah. assume. And so. if you know, she's the only character who has a French accent too. Uh, yeah. In, in Paris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's again, that's what kind of surprised me. It's just like. Wow, these characters are all speaking English, and I, like you said, I was watching uh-huh. the lip sync, and it was perfect. I didn't. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, this is an English movie." I nope. didn't realize that. It's very French. That is wild. They did a good job with yeah. that because I mean, I'm used to seeing things like freaking, um, what is it, the, the Amazing Ladybug? Oh yeah, yeah, Miraculous Ladybug. Miraculous Ladybug. Yeah. The Miraculous Ladybug, where the dubbing on that is really, really bad. Mm-hmm. So the matching the lip flaps. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I know that, again, my background of kaiju film, uh, not really one to talk, but I don't know. Yeah. I just thought it was, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I just, wow, I'm blown away. The only other uh, voice actor in the movie, at least in the English version, who I've heard of, is uh, Catherine O'Hara voices uh, Madame Charlotte. And she's done a lot of character work and more recently a lot of voice acting work. You would recognize her from a lot of stuff. Sure. Sure. But she's the only I, person other than, like, Sean Lennon I'd heard of. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I recognized Raul's voice, but I... I it's a possible, like, I imagine all these people have worked in animation for forever. See, now i got to look that up. Raul, um, Adam Goldberg. I don't recognize his face. <laughs> he's in Saving Private Ryan. Okay. That's where he's mostly known from, but that's not... I could have swore. I, I, his voice sounded super familiar. Um, just looking through here. There was, oh, he was on. He was in nine episodes of the TV series Joey. Cool. <laughs> Good for him. That's most of the series. <laughs> <laughs> it, it might be. A, he may have been a big character. Um, he may have been the titular Joey. <laughs> <laughs> I assume <laughs> it's a show about a kangaroo. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's a show about Matt LeBlanc, the kangaroo. Yeah. No, he... played by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> played by Adam Goldberg. There you go. 
God. Yeah, um, anyway, I don't, there's nothing I can see through his, his, his resume here that, uh, I would recognize him from, but maybe, maybe he's just got that kind of voice. I don't yeah. know. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. So should we, should, can I start talking about the let's movie? Let's talk about the movie, Chris. Okay, yeah. And by let's, I mean you and I will just sit here and listen because I didn't really know what to take notes on. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, our film sets the stage in Paris in 1910 where uh, they are having a bit of a water problem as the rivers are all flooding. Most of the city is under around two feet of water. People are moving about by boat and uh, they've constructed like walkways from place to place because the roads and sidewalks are completely they're, underwater. They're underwater. Yep. Uh, which is an actual event that happened. Yeah, I kind of figured. Yeah. Uh, we see this being played in a movie theater uh, showing Paris news that tells us all this pertinent information. And then it cuts to a silent film called Spring Romance. Uh, we cut into the movie itself and we see that it is being filmed by Emil who has amazing mutton chops and may in fact be a leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> he has to be. Yeah. <laughs> like... He's dressed all in green and he's got a little uh, tam shanter and... He's a little guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's absolutely a leprechaun. Bright red hair and... <laughs> yeah. But he was one of the few characters I liked. He's, he's very endearing. He, he reminds me of uh, Fix-It Felis from, from, from uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, yeah, I could see Like, that. they're very, just, like, earnest characters. Very and earnest, very... Milk yeah, toast, kind yeah. of. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I could see that. But uh, Emil is taking his girlfriend, Maud, to the zoo on their first date when they are attacked by a crocodile that leaps out of the crocodile pit. Yeah, this zoo should be sued. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad zoo. This is not a good zoo. Uh, Maud trips, and Emil begins to duel the crocodile with her umbrella. Valiantly. Uh, when the crocodile begins breathing fire at him. <laughs> yeah, that... Wait, what? <laughs> that, that, that was a... Shot a fireball. <laughs> Crocodiles don't do that. Not usually, no. Not to my knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it turns out that was all Emil's dream. He is a projectionist at the theater and has fallen asleep, which causes the film to burn. He has to replace it real quick, and the belt's starting to go out on the camera. Yeah, it turns out that the uh, the film was about like them fighting a dragon, and that's why the crocodile was breathing right. fire, is right. because he was dreaming and the, listening to the... Well, I guess it's a silent film, yeah. but still, he <laughs> interposed the movie in his dream. Uh, Emil is smitten with Maude, who runs the ticket counter at the theater, she seems to have a thing for him, too. Uh, this will not go anywhere until the last act of the movie. But they're cute. They're cute. It doesn't... Yeah, but they don't really... Yeah, anyway. The the movie kind of forgets that Maude exists after a bit. For a while. Like, the whole... This whole thing is just a a plot device in order to get them... To get Emil somebody at the end of the movie. Right, yeah. And then, like, there's a... A bit where he invites her on a date, and that's the entire reason they do that is just to get her to the climax. Right? It yeah. Was like, yeah. What? Okay. It's, it's really, but they're cute. unnecessary. They're yeah. cute, so they get a pass. Uh, Raúl, who is uh, Emil's friend, comes roaring up in a big weird truck and wearing a massive fur coat. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so ostentatious. Yeah, yeah. It's too much. Uh, he's. A kind of a brusque man. He begins chatting up Maude a bit and is kind of like 
surrogate flirting for Emil. Yeah, and... I thought he was going to be the antagonist yeah, at this yeah. point. Like, he's introduced, and I'm like, oh, here's Emil's, like, foil. Right. No, they're friends. They're friends, yeah. What? <laughs> he's just he's just the friend that nobody likes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it turns out that uh, Raul is delivering a new film for the theater, which is from Emil's Idol. I thought this was going to have bigger plot relevance than it did, because it's never mentioned again. No, it's it, <laughs> it does nothing. Yeah. I didn't, I completely forgot that it happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Raul and Emil leave to go get a uh, new belt for the projector and make some deliveries uh, in Raul's truck. In Catherine. Yep, Catherine. The truck that runs on sunflower oil. <laughs> Very well, apparently. Yeah, and has, like, Raul has a remote that he can do all sorts of weird things with, and it's a very high-tech truck for 1910. Yeah, the the um, the description of the movie, like the synopsis, uh-huh. called Raul an inventor. Yeah. And, and other than this, that's not, like, there's no evidence of that. And, well, like, he's friends with the, the professor that he makes deliveries for. Right. And he's, like, excited that the professor's making all this, all these potions and stuff. Yeah, and he's, he's like... He's excited that the professor is inventing yeah, yeah. things. But other than this remote that controls the truck, yeah. there's not really much that Raul does as far as inventing. Yeah. Well, like, the... As much as I like this movie, and I do, it kind of forgets characters... So that it can have a 20-minute chase scene at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that's very evident while Raul and Emil are driving through Paris is how stark white it is. Yeah. It, that was it's It's an interesting choice. Yeah, it is. Especially considering how colorful the characters are. Well, yeah. Because, like, Emil's bright green. Raul's wearing that big coat. Big brown coat. Yeah, yeah. Tan. Uh, Maud is wearing bright purple and like all, all these characters are very colorful mm-hmm. in comparison to the city, the and city it really just... makes them stand out yeah, to the background it was very well I didn't so much notice them standing out as I did like just elements oh, of the mm-hmm. backgrounds like yeah the backgrounds are just completely white uh-huh. and I just had that notice I was like why is Paris so white what's going mm-hmm. on and then you'd get to like a storefront that's important yeah. and parts of it would be you know colored yeah like when when raul like, stops okay. at the florist and yeah. it's very bright in comparison to all the white buildings around it. yeah it's an interesting choice it is it really is uh raul is making a delivery of chickens and apparently he is allergic to birds that, and why? i don't know <laughs> but this causes him to almost wreck the truck um emil he drops emil off at the camera store uh, Emil purchases a new belt and really looks over a fancy new camera before buying it. Uh, someone steals the camera, like, immediately. This, well, the, it, when he goes in, there's this little, like, like side away of a pickpocket yeah. guy. And then Emil walks out and he's like, oh, playing with the camera, filming, and you just see this guy <laughs> you get, like, run like, a first-person scarrow vision as the dude just, just lunges runs towards up and him. just grabs the camera and runs. And it's like... Wow. <laughs> that's pretty blatant. Step, honestly, that's a step up from pickpocketing. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Emil stops the thief accidentally by uh, playing with the remote while he's trying to show the florist what, like everything that the, the truck can do. And he opens the door uh, remotely and the thief just rams right into it. Slapstick. Yep. 
Slapstick for it, slapstick's sake. Yeah, it, it's very silly, but whatever. Uh, Emil and Raul drive Catherine over some of those uh, hastily constructed walkways uh, to deliver a load of peat to the professor, who is never given a name other than Professor. I assume it's Professor Plum from Clue. You can assume whatever you want. That That is your given right. Uh, the professor is out of town and out of the country in New York, uh, but his place is being watched over by Charles A. Probiscus Monkey. Yep. Who is our cute animal sidekick for this movie. Yep. He didn't bother me. As far as No, he's go, fine. He didn't, he didn't talk. <laughs> he wasn't god. a minion. He's fine. <laughs> oh my god. And he, 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 didn't, he didn't have that like obnoxious attitude. He either. was like the straight man. Uh-huh. And that were, that's a perfect place for a monkey in a movie. I agree. I agree. I'm not a big fan of monkeys myself. So when but I saw him... But if there's going to be a monkey in a movie, it better have a dick on its face. <laughs> God, no, I I'm gonna disagree with you on that. I could have done without the big, I could have done without dick face, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it. He communicates through like little written notes, uh-huh. and it's a funny enough running gag that they don't abuse. It yes. happens just enough. Yeah, it does happen enough, and it it's not implied that he's writing the notes. He just has them. <laughs> it's implied that he has them, and and they're just applicable to every situation. <laughs> which yeah, is, which was pretty good. It's it's a it funny gag. Good. Yeah. But they could have easily played this guy, this, oh, this monkey, yeah. as being super obnoxious and in your face and troublemaking and right. whatever. No, playing him he's, as a straight guy worked perfectly. It's the perfect choice for this character. Yeah, so I, I appreciated him. Yeah. Like, there's a, some really funny scenes later where he's getting arrested and stuff with everyone else. <laughs> and, and he's not, like, freaking out like a monkey would. He's just kind of put upon because he, these other characters have gotten him in this terrible situation. <laughs> it's great. Right? <laughs> <coughs> but yes, Charles does have his own business card that says that he is the professor's assistant botanist. Which is very funny. Um, and the professor is like a mad scientist botanist. He's got all sorts of weird plants in his greenhouse, um, including a sequoia tree, which completely baffles Raul. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he, he calls, calls it, it asparagus. <laughs> he, he calls it something. I can throw it in. And, yeah. But then, like, Charles hands uh, Emil the little uh-huh. the little note. And he's like, I oh, it's a sequoia. It's a sequoia. <laughs> it's like, well, whatever. If you want to use the layman's terms. Yeah, so. yeah. But uh, It's common name. Is that what yeah, I think yeah, he says? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what kind of tree is that? Well, that Emil is uh, an extremist, gigantic circus uh, asparagus. Oh, uh, actually, it's a sequoia. Sequoia, yes. Call it a sequoia. You prefer the generic name? The gags are funny. They're pretty good. Some of them land a little bit better than others, I think. But there's a, there's a few where Raul makes the, the joke that's a non-joke. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I see where you're going. But then it, they try to drive it home where he's just like, get it? Get it? Yeah, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. And then it, and it's basically the movie the movie maker's going, it's funny because it's not funny. Get it? And yeah. I'm like, no. Raul is the most annoying character. Oh, I hated him. He was so awful. Just, I smacked the microphone around a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. Well, don't do that. Sorry. But, uh, but no, I didn't. Raul is definitely not one of the characters I enjoy. No, no. I, I like Emile. I like Charles. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Francois. Um, and I like Lucille. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. A lot going on up there. There's this is gonna be a background noisy. It's episode. gonna be a rough episode, Dad. It's just 
and what it's yeah what the reality here it's fine uh emil and uh, raul explore the the lab or the greenhouse while charles tries to stop them saying that they shouldn't go in uh but raul ends up finding the professor's lab and all the various potions and chemicals he's been working with and immediately begins fucking with them yeah he just starts playing around yeah uh, he finds a spray that gives Charles a perfect operatic singing voice. Blah, 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 for more melodious voice. <laughs> that's, that's, that's incredible. That's amazing. Charles, a lovely singing voice. Which I thought was going to be a stupid throwaway gag. No. But is actually a major plot point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, fuck me, I guess. Yeah, the things that you think are going to come back don't, and things that are little throwaway gags are very important plot points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he finds a uh, super fertilizer, mm, excuse me, super fertilizer that is labeled as unstable. Yep. Uh, he begins fucking about with some sunflower seeds, and it, first it doesn't look like it works, then he drops it in water, and it creates a Giant skyscraper-sized sunflower. Massive sunflower that he immediately is like, <laughs> Catherine runs on sunflower oil. This has solved all of my problems. Yeah. Uh, the sunflower begins to topple over because it's huge and too top-heavy. And the uh, square cube law. So, uh, in, when it flops over, the singing spray and the fertilizer collide and get all mixed up. And create a big explosion of smoke and gas and all sorts of fun mm -hmm. stuff. Um, in the, the smoke from the explosion, Emil thinks he sees a giant bug-like creature, which hops through the roof of the greenhouse and escapes. Yeah, so now we have... Um, we've got Shades of the Fly going on. Uh-huh. Kind of. That was my first thought when I saw this oh. scene. <laughs> Uh, the monster lurks on the rooftops of nearby buildings and leaps out into the night, startling the populace of Paris. He's a, he, he's a jumper. Yep, he's a big bouncy guy. We cut to a cabaret theater uh, where Commissioner uh, Menon is um, sitting with his Lieutenant Pate, and they are discussing the flood and what should be done about it. Pate is, like, having all these ideas, like, oh, you should cordon off this area, divert the river, so far and so on. And uh, Maynard is like, no, we have to let the flood start scaring people so that they'll turn to us and we'll be more entrenched in power. Yeah, he wants to utilize it to, to leverage the city of Paris. Right, in his uh, upcoming mayoral campaign. Yep. So he's a jerk. And yeah. he looks like uh, Clayton from uh, Tarzan. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> he very much does. In case you had any doubt that, that he's the, the bad villain. guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lucille comes out on stage and begins to sing while we see um, Emile and Raul closing down for the night. That night, uh, Charlotte, who is, or Charlotte, who is um, Lucille's mother, tries to convince him that she needs or convince her that she needs to date uh, Maynaw. I thought she was her aunt. Is it is her she I thought her she was her aunt. Could be. I, I either way. It's either way. Not important. No. Mother They're related. Figure. Yeah. Yeah. And then we cut to uh Thomas and Martha Wayne in an alleyway. <laughs> so, uh, like no kidding? Like Yeah, <laughs> the pearls scatter like they're being stalked by a figure. Like yeah, this is the fucking Waynes from Batman. Uh-huh. I don't know what they're doing in Paris. No, they're very lost. 
They haven't had Bruce yet. No, they haven't. So we know they'll live, but <laughs> only just. Unless, unless in this universe there is no Batman. Yeah. Um, which is, I guess, more terrifying. Yeah. Than... <laughs> Depends on how you feel about Batman, I guess. I guess, yeah. Um, but the monster startles the Waynes and then steals Thomas's coat. Uh, they freak out and run away and deliver a statement to the police. The police are ready to lock Thomas away because they think he's crazy. And uh, he's not seen until the end of the movie, so we can only imagine what adventures he had. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Pate is already, like, putting together a plan of attack on the monster. He's got it all plotted out on map of Paris. Yeah, like, he's taking this seriously. He's taking this very seriously, and uh, Maynard is telling him, like, okay, that's cool, but let's let this cook a bit. <laughs> yeah. And get people really scared so that when we do solve the case, we seem like big heroes. Mm -hmm. Which is funny because by the end of the movie, like, he becomes so obsessed with that. Yeah. That he, he, he does a, almost a 180. Like, He's like, hey, let's take our time and let the city of Paris freak. Right. By the end of it, he's just like, I need to kill it now. Now, he's, now, 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 now. He's the now. one panicking, and the rest of the city sees the monster as a, as a hero. Uh -huh. So it's kind of completely flipped on yeah. its head. Lucille goes for a walk in the fog and sees Pate's notice about the monster. Uh, when Raoul sneaks up behind her and scares her, muddying her dress severely. Apparently, the two of them know each other from uh, school. And they despise each other. And they despise each other. So, obviously, they are going to get together by the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, it's it's telegraphed, like, a million it's, years in advance. It's so painfully obvious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after they tease and razz each other for a while, Lucille tells Raul that the only way he will get into the music hall is by winning a Medal of Honor. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> And that when he yeah. does so, uh, she will sit him at the best seat in the house and give him a free bottle of champagne and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Basically just rubbing his face in the fact that she thinks nothing that, of him. That, that she thinks he's a complete loser. Yeah. Which he kind of is. He's, he is. He absolutely is. Like, the, the the first time they opened their mouths and started bickering, I was just like, oh my god, just kiss already. Yeah, yeah. Please just Can we just cut this? Me. <laughs> and then, uh, I, I don't like Raul. No. Um, the police are investigating the explosion at the greenhouse and Pate finds a little film snippet, uh, that leads him to, uh, the movie theater where mm -hmm. Emil works. Yeah, Emil, Emil dropped a little, like, the, yeah, the film. The nubbin. Thing <laughs> the that, film nubbin. <laughs> yeah, he, when he, when he tried to repair the, the burnt footage. Right. But, um. And Emil is, uh, watching the footage he shot of the incident and sees the monster just right there, playing yep, his day. playing his day. Right as Pate and the police come in. <laughs> Oops. And this is where uh, Emile, Raoul, and Charles, for some reason, get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they arrested Charles. He, he did nothing wrong. <laughs> well, an accomplice. Oh. He was an accomplice. Only incidental. They got it. They, they have to do it. They've got to do their due diligence. He's not charged. He's it's not, fine. Well, none of them are charged. No, but. so... Well, yeah, but, I mean... <laughs> Two of them are arguably should be. Yeah. One of them absolutely yeah. should be. I, I would say Emil is innocent in this, too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's all Raul. Raul should go to jail forever. Yeah, he should. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, we cut to Lucille on a date with Maynard, and she obviously hates him because he's completely awful. Because who would... Yeah. Excuse me. Who would... But uh, she does agree to sing at his... Um, 
candidacy announcement. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. His inauguration is what they call it. They call it an inauguration, but that's not what it is. No, it's, it is. It's a campaign announcement. Uh huh. Uh. Pate bursts in and says that he has three suspects uh, in custody for the monster case, which are, of course, Emile Raoul and Charles. Um, he starts showing everyone the film that Emile shot, and it turns out that a flea from Charles, which does imply that Charles is infested, uh, is caught in the explosion from the potions, which caused it to grow to enormous size. Mm -hmm. So it's a big flea. Yeah, big, bigger than man flea. Yeah. He's around eight foot tall. He's, he's a, huge. He's a huge fuck. Huge hunky bug. <laughs> hunky bug. Hunky bug. <laughs> uh, back in Maynard's office, um, he offers Raul and Emil a medal, uh, saying that they are heroes for giving him an opportunity to prove that he is a hero to the public. Yeah, he's not, he's even, not even subtle. He's not even pretending. He just opens up a little box. He's like, you like medals? Take one. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and of course, Raul's like, oh, you got any Medal of Honors in here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, back over at the cabaret, uh, the monster uh, who is wearing stolen clothes uh, encounters Lucille, who immediately faints. Because now we're in Mimic. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when she comes to, because it's raining and water drips off of the monster's hat into her face. I gotta say, when when the flea is wearing the, the, the coat and the uh -huh. wide-brim hat, he does look pretty rad. He looks friggin' cool. Like, <laughs> he looks sweet. Both of the outfits that he wears in this are really on point. He's pretty good. I like him. I, I really like Francois. <laughs> um, but Lucille runs back into the cabaret, locks the door behind her, and sits like right inside the door, like freaking out. Yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a fair reaction to have. Yeah. And then uh, we hear the monster begin to sing, and he has an angelic voice because he's voiced by Sean Lennon. first-person view of the monster's first night, mm -hmm. where he grows to enormous size, bursts through the greenhouse, begins Which scaring I really, people. I really enjoyed this sequence. It's cool. It, it's, it's, a neat, a neat, it's neatly it's a animated. Cool um, we get to see him menace the Waynes. And... <laughs> but he sings a song about like how, yeah, he, you know, he apparently he's read the newspapers that call him a monster. And he's sad about it because he doesn't feel that he is, and he just wants to belong somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, Lucille goes back outside, judging that no one who has a voice like that could possibly be evil, which is, oh God, Lucille, <laughs> yeah, that's... take care of yourself, girl. You <laughs> lucked out this time, you may not in the future. Um, but she 
talks to him and names him Francois off of the street or like the alleyway where they are saying that it means honest heart. Yeah, when she sees a she sees a poster. Right. It's got the name on it. Yeah. She's like, "There you go. That's a good one." Yep. Uh, she leads him back Although in. she's like you said, she's making some wild some assumptions wild right assumptions away. about this dude just off his voice, but she lucked out this time. Yes, yeah, she did. Uh, she leads him back inside and touches up his outfit. Um and gives him a mask and some gloves so that he looks more human. Yeah. So he, he can kind he, of hide. It's kind of cool. He, he uses his, like, he puts up his, he puts two arms in each sleeve. Right. And then she puts the gloves over both hands. Uh-huh. So it looks like he just has two hands. Right. <laughs> instead, yeah, of, yeah. instead of four. Uh, while she's doing this, he picks up, like, a little hair comb and begins strumming it like it's a guitar, so showing that he is musically inclined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know why. That, like, the as far as I'm aware, the, the angelic singing um, perfume uh-huh. um, doesn't give them musical ability. Maybe he already was he just, just as a flea. Yeah, he's just <laughs> he's just a musically inclined flea, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it does look like he is starting to turn back into a normal flea as like some of the big hairs on his arms like pull back in, and he's starting to shrink back down. I didn't. I did not catch that. Like I didn't it, quite get it's... that at first. I was like, because uh, Sonia was watching mm. watch the movie with me, and even she was just like, "What's happening?" And I'm like, "I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know." <laughs> but yeah, he he's starting to turn back. This doesn't land until like the last act. Of the yeah. Movie. So it's they kind of show it early. I don't. It's weird. I mean, it's it's important yeah, to yeah. to establish, and I appreciate that. I yeah. just didn't quite get what they were going with. Yeah. But while this is happening, he gets a little woozy and stumbles into a guitar off the wall. Um, Lucille is like, hey, uh, that's really difficult to play. And also just sit back here and be quiet for a minute. I got to go deal with something up front. It turns out it is Raul and Emil who have shown up with medals of honor. <laughs> so I don't know why Emil is walking around super proud of it, too. Like, come on, dude. You know this is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. He's caught up in the moment. Yeah, he is. But, um... They are shown to the best seat in the house and get a bottle of champagne. As promised. As promised. Uh, this dude who is 90% nose called Arthur is very <laughs> rude to both of them. He's the most annoying character in the movie. He is, but like, it's, even it's also... He also, um, like in the fiction of this movie, if you can sing beautifully, you are good. Right, yeah. If you cannot sing at all, you are evil. Right. And that's, this guy is kind of, shows that, I mean, we're... We're not introduced to him in that way, but there is a scene where he's trying to sing to... Well, like, we, we're introduced to him, like, earlier where he's like, he wants to sing on stage. Yeah. And uh, Carlotta is just like, no, just go away. <laughs> yeah, just serve, serve the Serve champagne. drinks, that's what you're here for. And he can't even do that right. He can't even but, do that right now. But there's a scene where he's trying to sing to Lucille to, like, audition. Right. And it's real bad. It is real, real, yeah, yeah. real bad. And therefore, he's a bad man. He's a bad, bad man. Um, Lucille walks back to her dressing room and she hears Francois playing the guitar for Carlotta and uh, they immediately decide that yeah this this giant man that we don't know needs to be on stage yep <laughs> I mean, he plays the guitar very very he well does. yeah Mille and Raul are teasing each other over their uh, respective crushes because and... even Emile was just like dude I can see this yeah <laughs> and I am a leprechaun <laughs> <laughs> Lepre- leprechauns known antithesis to the cherub <laughs> like, they they just 
Leprechauns know nothing but murder. Man. <laughs> murder and money. Murder and gold, yes. Um, but Raul, uh, excuse me, uh, Lucille and Francois hit the stage, and they are a immediate sensation. Mm-hmm. Huge hit. Huge hit. Um, there's a really cute Imagine spot with them playing uh, like throughout Paris and singing their song. It's, it's real cute. Yeah, it's fine. Um, after the, the song, because apparently Lucille just does the one song and she's done. <laughs> that, that's all she's contracted for. Yeah. Raul goes backstage to congratulate her for, you know, putting on a stellar performance. Because he hates her so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she, the feathers on her dress, because she's wearing, like, angel wings, wings um, make him sneeze. So, ha, 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 ha. I don't know why that running joke keeps happening. I don't either. Like... You think it's going to come back in the end in some way. He's going to have to sneeze to save the day. I mean, there was like, there are, a, there's a moment later on where he sneezes because of a bird that puts him in more peril. Yeah. And, and things, or, or I thought maybe it was going to be like he sneezes and that's what reveals the flea as or something, the flea, yeah. but nope. no, it's not. He just, it's just, just a, sneezes. A, a really bad running guy. It's weird. Yeah. Um, while shaking hands with Francois, uh, Emile and Raoul notice how many hands he has, <laughs> which is, you know, a cute couple too many. <laughs> yeah. If I shook somebody's hand and they had two of them shaking mine, I think I'd notice. Yeah, yeah. Like, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> so they um, put two and two together. Um, while talking with Lucille and Francois, uh, Albert, the nose man, <laughs> Mr. Nose, eavesdrops and goes to tell Menoir about what happened. Uh, there's a Menoir is leading a press conference the next day, uh, saying that he is going to divert the flood to drown the monster, which is why he conveniently has not dealt with the flood yet. Yeah, he apparently knew the monster was coming, I guess. Yeah. And <laughs> so that's the whole reason he has not helped drain drain Paris was because. This is the only way to kill a giant flea. Right. D drown it with Paris. Yeah. Water. Yeah. Uh, but Albert tells Menoir where the monster is. Yeah, he he, he offers a, uh, a reward for the uh, the capture, or any you know, anything that will lead to the capture right, right. And, and subsequent yes. death of the monster. And Albert immediately jumps up. Yeah. So Emile and Raoul go to warn Francois and uh, Lucille. Uh, with a brief stop off to tell or to hand uh, Emile's like confession letter to Maud because the movie remember that she existed. Yeah, and I guess that's more important. Stopping off to do that is more important than yeah. rushing to save the the friends you've made. Yeah, that, yeah. I guess I don't know. Uh, the police search the music hall but can't find Francois. Um, and then Albert is arrested for being a general nuisance. He is never seen again. I assume they executed him. <laughs> He is like the only character who doesn't come back in the end scene. He's yeah. just gone. Like the Goodbye. Waynes are there. And he's not. <laughs> that, that that guy died. They he's killed the, him in custody. Yeah. Good riddance. Yeah. But uh, Francois was hiding in the piano, and Emile and Raoul were hiding in the chimney. Mm -hmm. And they didn't search those locations. Nope, because they're bad at their jobs. Uh, they, like decide that they have to do something with Francois because he can't, they can't just have this giant flea monster running around. Also, I, I have to say the commissioner is a fucking, like, I know he's an idiot, but he's uh -huh. an idiot because like 
when they're searching, Lucille is like, don't you dare, you know, you're violating uh-huh. my privacy and this is my, you know, you don't have a warrant or anything. Uh-huh. Get the hell out. And even to the point where he's going to burst into the to the dressing room and she's like, if you do this, I will not sing at your inauguration. And then he does, he bursts in and it's fine. And then she's just like, oh, oh, heaven, thank you. Yeah, for yeah, t- yeah. I, everything's okay. It's all good. And it's yeah. just like, that's suspicious as all hell. Right. Like, She's suddenly, oh, you didn't find anything, and therefore she's okay with you bursting in. Right, right. Uh, that that annoyed me. That really bothered me. It's like, no, he's still violating your privacy. Get yeah. fucking mad at him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they need to do something with Francois, and the only person who might know how to reverse or do something with him is the professor who is still in New York. So they're... They're uh, SOL. They're SOL. But they, they have an idea about what they can do to kind of get the police off of Francois' trial. Uh, the next day, it's at the uh, commissioner's um, announcement for candidacy. Uh, Lucille sings at it, and Emile sneaks an antidote to Menoir. Uh, and then Francois appears, and appears just like a big scary monster and kidnaps Lucille. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he picks her up and does this whole song and dance. Of right. The, it, the funniest thing is when he, he tries to roar, but his voice is too pure yeah, to roar. He so he just kind of squeaks. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a funny guy. Maynois throws the antidote at Francois, and it is just like a smoke bomb. Um, and afterwards, Francois is nowhere to be seen. Raoul picks up an invisible flea and is like, Aha, I found him, and squishes it. Yeah, the, the antidote reversed him back to his original size. Die, fiend! Yeah. Um, so, Maynois is celebrating his victory over the vicious flea monster, and then Pate notices that Francois' scarf is sticking out of a trap door on the stage. Come on, Pate, you fucking narc. <laughs> Pate sucks. <laughs> he's okay. He's, he's, just, su- he's well, trying to do. He's his, a cop. <laughs> he is a cop, but he's he's trying to do his best. Yeah, he's just not doing it for the right reasons yet. Yeah. Um, but Pate opens the trap door, and uh, Menoir shoots at Francois, showing that his carapace is bulletproof. <laughs> yeah. Therefore, we need to keep shooting. Him. Yeah, yeah. Like, the bullets, every time he shoots at at Francois, the, the bullets ricochet off of him. And yet the rest of the movie is continuously show, presenting the gun as being a danger to Francois. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. No, though. Like the I, only... mean, I mean, I guess maybe if you shoot him in a vital point, but... Yeah, like the only time Francois is like really injured or anything is when he's caught in that car crash. And even then he bounces back. He bounces quick. back really freaking quick. Um, but yeah, this leads into the 20 minute chase sequence oh, that just kind of goes on forever. It does. I didn't, I didn't care for this. No. It's, but you got to keep the kids enter- entertained somehow, I right. guess. The, the entire gist of the thing is, you know, uh, Francois and Charles are on a bus, uh, and our other three heroes are chasing them in, um, Catherine. Uh, Menoir and Pate have commandeered a blimp and are chasing them in the blimp. Um, it, eventually, all of our heroes reconvene on Catherine because there is the aforementioned car crash. 
Uh, Maynois, like, hooks Catherine with a big hook from the blimp. And he's going to go drop them in the river. In the flooded river. Sure. Whatever. And that is the whole... It's Yeah, that's boiled down a lot into what happens. Yeah. yeah. Because, yes, children can't be entertained with intelligence and meaningful storytelling. Right, apparently. yeah. They have to have the slapsticky chase. Yeah, like I said, the first two-thirds of this movie I really enjoyed. They were pretty good. This, and then this part it dropped. dips a lot this and part it never quite recovers from this. <laughs> but the... The goal is everyone is heading to the uh, the the sin uh, at the Eiffel by the Eiffel Tower to drown a flea monster, and that is also where Maude is going to meet with her date with Emil, mm-hmm. because why not? That the whole reason that he got the she got the letter. Yeah. Uh, Raoul discovers that he can make the make Catherine kind of swim. I thought it landed on a boat. No, it just floated for a little bit. And then he manages to make it, like, swim by flipping the back door. Yeah, yeah, he, he the little, uh... The hatch. <laughs> the, the ramp on the back, right, yeah, yeah, he yeah. just up, up and down, up and down. Yep. Paddles yep. the boat, er, paddles Catherine away. Yep, yep. They meet up with Maud back at the Eiffel Tower. Uh, Francois is, like, frightening her. And everyone else is like, no, he's a cool big flea guy. We, we like him. We've known him for at least a day. He is our best friend. <laughs> Have you heard him sing? Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, once he sings, you'll know. Yeah. Um, Maynois can't get the blimp to land, so he shoots the, the balloon, causing a helium gag. Yay. Yay. Yay for that. But through the whole bit, like, he's making uh, Pate pedal uh-huh. and just driving him on and on and on. And this is where you can start seeing Pate, like, no, this guy's office rocker. <laughs> oh no, I've joined up with Captain Ahab. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Except instead of a big cool whale, it's a flea monster that everyone likes. <laughs> oh no. Um. But yeah, there there's a struggle all around the Eiffel Tower. Menoir is threatening everyone with his gun and tries to shoot Lucille as she protects Francois. Raoul steps in front of the shot, and it hits the remote for Catherine. So that's busted, but it's okay because Catherine's at the bottom of yeah, the stand right now, so who cares? Um, Lucille gets knocked down the center of the tower, and Raoul goes after her. Manoir pushes Emile down the stairs and knocks him the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um, Emile comes to in Maud's arms and uses his umbrella or her umbrella to fight off Menoir, just like in his dream at the start of the movie. So that's come back, I guess. Yay. Um, but Francois is at the top of the Eiffel Tower and he is having severe problems, problems as he is beginning to shrink back down. Mm-hmm. Emile turns on the light at the top of the Eiffel Tower and blinds Menoir, causing him to fall. Uh, while Raoul uses another super fertilized seed that apparently he had, he, I didn't. He's he was when, it. Yeah, when he uh, in the beginning when he grew the first sunflower, uh-huh. he took another sunflower okay. seed, sprayed it with the fertilizing growth, and then stuck it. in the I pocket. did not see that. Okay. Yeah, he that that did. Okay. Well, yeah. well that's good then. <laughs> but he drops it in the water and it erupts into a giant sunflower, which saves him and Lucille. Uh, Manoir climbs back up because he's not done in this movie yet, and and the gun. Like, 
there's a scene like before he gets knocked off the tower they knock the gun out of his hands and it yeah. goes flying off the tower and then he falls yeah but when he climbs back up he's, he's got, got a the second gun, gun again and it's just like what <laughs> how did you what <laughs> he had to <laughs> oh, okay. uh but yeah he threatens um mod and emil with the gun and um shoots francois <laughs> <laughs> there's also a scene I think it's a little bit earlier where Emil gets the gun and yeah. he's just like I've got this huge gun and and he's just like no it's a normal it's actually a small gun you're just a dwarf yeah <laughs> he's like well I may be a dwarf but I was like wow well yeah, well what uh, um Manoa says what are you gonna do you're, with that you're just a dwarf yeah and Emil says yeah um, I may be a dwarf but I've got a very big gun oh that's and Manoa says actually it's a normal sized gun. <laughs> Just cheese, man. It was pretty funny, though. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that, you dwarf. Well, I may be a dwarf, but I have a big gun. Actually, the gun is pretty small. Now, now give it to me! Manoir shoots at Francois, and it seems like Francois has exploded into nothingness. Yeah, he's, he's dead just gone. Now, apparently. Because he, he died like a Jedi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently. He just he became one with the Force. Um, Manoir brags about killing him, but Pate arrives and has a change of heart. Arresting him for the murder of Monsieur Francois. <laughs> yeah, just all right. <laughs> get a, that was a weird. All right. Yeah. Well, he was a beloved figure in the Paris community for uh -huh. at least twenty-four hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get a voiceover from Francois, who is singing while all of his friends are convinced that he is dead. Uh, the professor arrives back home just in time to see the giant sunflower shrink back down. So he is here, yeah, apparently. That's, it's just there to show that he is now back. Right, right. Uh, back in her dressing room, uh, Lucille is mourning Francois and is about to give up on performing entirely. Uh, but Raul arrives and tells her, like, hey, you know, he wouldn't have wanted you to quit. Like, don't don't you quit. You've never quit on anything before in your life. Don't you quit now. <laughs> um, so she begrudgingly goes out on stage. Um, she's like or initially reluctant to start singing, but she hears a teeny tiny voice singing to her, which is Francois in her ear. Literally in her ear singing yeah. to her because, oh, my God, we knew he was shrinking. Yeah, yeah. And he disappeared. Whatever. Whatever. There was no body. We knew he was alive. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> but does beg the question. Does that mean they have to release Manoir? <laughs> I mean, they got no evidence. They got no evidence. Like, the, the guy came that he killed came back to life. I don't think you can do uh, convict him again for that. No, probably not. So, they, they have to let this... The, the, legal, the legal bananas that they are going to have to deal with with yeah. that. But once again... We don't see him at the end of the movie. He could be in whatever ditch they buried Arthur in. <laughs> they just skipped due process yeah. and just tossed him in. French police are hardcore, man. <laughs> but yeah, um, Raoul tells the gang about the entire situation, and he and Charles head to the greenhouse to remake the formula with the professor. Uh, they arrive back at the cabaret and cause Francois to grow to his human size, fully clothed. Fully clothed. I don't know where he got those. Nope. Uh, but he is performing with, um, with, uh, Lucille. Emile records the concert, so he's official movie maker man now. Good for him. <laughs> um, 
Charlotta ends up with Pate, yep. even though they have previously not shared a single moment of film together. No. Um, Charles. Well, it's, it's supposed to be because the whole idea that Charlotta was, she was trying to get Lucille with right. the commissioner to get into that status. Right. And now Pate is going to be the, the, new, commissioner. the new commissioner. Yeah. So, ooh, look at that. Yeah, yeah. It worked out for her. I guess. Um, Charles serves the Wayne some champagne. Uh, maybe they will die some other night. They are fine for now. <laughs> they still don't have, they don't have Bruce still, so. No, no, they're, so they're fine. Uh, Raul and Lucille confess to each other, and we see a flashback from when they were children. Why I don't isn't know, this movie over? I don't know why this scene happened. <laughs> why? And in my opinion, she probably should have ended up with the flea. Absolutely. <laughs> like, that would have been a much better movie, and we would have called it The Shape of Water. <laughs> right? Oh my god, it's just like, the flashback happens and I'm like, please, why are we still going? It's in like the last 30 seconds of the movie. (laughs) Why is this happening? We have to have have an explanation as to why they hate each other, or at least why Raul hates Lucille. I don't know why she hates him, but... (laughs) Because she, like, intuited that he was an ass just from... (laughs) I guess. I mean, she's not wrong. No! But he still is! Just because you... Oh my god, whatever. All right. But that is a monster in Paris. That was the monster in Paris. Yep. yep that was. <laughs> it's a cute movie. It was fine. Like you said, for a kids movie, it was perfectly yeah. fine. The first two thirds are really good. I yeah. I, I, I don't. It wasn't one of my favorites, mm-hmm. but I didn't hate it. So no. you, you, you talk about inflicting a movie on yeah. me. That's not what happened. I'll have I'm to do sorry. worse next time. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> oh, 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 really? Please don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> you have brought such suffering upon yourself. <laughs> Chris, uh, this this is a, a war that can be fought on two fronts. Let me just tell you. <laughs> I have my partner on, on retainer that can... She'll watch dumb shit. I'll get actually bad shit. <laughs> she may have boring movies. I have atomic movies. <laughs> The the pains I can hurt upon you, Matthew. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't underestimate. <laughs> All right. Well, um, like let I guess let's head over to a crunch then. Yeah, let's do this shit. <laughs> Well, welcome back. You got us cricket? No, no, I have a flea. Where am I? I don't know. You Where? keep calling him a cricket. and he's... Have I been calling him a cricket? Like in your notes you did. Mm. He's never been a cricket. 
He's right. always been a flea. He's always been a flea. Yeah. Uh, they're all <laughs> they're all bugs. Okay. Where am I getting cricket from? I don't know. Did you think he was Jiminy? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So you got us a flea? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Give me a flea. Uh, we have the heartfelt strummer. Okay. Uh, medium monstrosity, chaotic good. Okay. Uh, armor class of 17, natural armor. Yep, bullets reflect right off of that yep. carapace. Uh, hit points of 37 on average, which is 5d8 plus 15. Speed of 3d feet. Uh, plus 0 to strength, plus 4 to dex, plus 3 to con, plus 0 to intelligence, minus 1 to wisdom. He's a very naive little guy. Yeah. And plus 4 to charisma. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, saving throws on dex and charisma. Sure. Uh, skills, acrobatics, and performance. Damn right. Uh, passive perception of nine. Oh, okay. I forgot to say that he's well. He uh, he speaks common. Does he speak Enough. common? He well, he sings in common. <laughs> Is that speaking common? I don't know. Should we? Do we need to give him language in common? Eh, I don't know. Maybe. It's your stat block. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Does that ever come up on anything ever? <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> Whatever, man. Common. Okay. But only singing. There you go. Okay, cool. There. <laughs> and he is a challenge rating, too. Um, so, on to abilities. His first one is Heart of a Performer. Uh, the Heartfelt Stormer counts as a humanoid for the purposes of traits and abilities. Bringing that back. Cool. Yep. Uh, next is Evasion. If the Heartfelt Stormer is subjected to an effect that allows it to make a dexterity saving throw to take only half damage, the Heartfelt Stormer instead takes no damage if it succeeds on the saving throw and only half of it fails. Okay. Uh, and then Standing Leap. Yeah, he's a tall, he's a jump boy. Yep. Uh, the Heartfelt Strummer's long jump is up to 30 feet, and its high jump is up to 40 feet, uh, with or without a running start. Yep. Okay. So he can just bounce. Jumpy, jumpy. Yep. Uh, he's only got one action, and that is Strum. Which is a ranged spell attack at plus six to hit, range 20, 40 feet, one target, and on a hit, you choose one. Okay. Uh, first is you do eight, uh, 1d8 plus four thunder damage. Sure. Or the target creature gains 1d6 of bardic inspiration. And this reads just like the bardic inspiration for a PC. Sure. Uh, but the important thing is the target creature may choose not to apply its AC against this attack. Okay. So if you if if he's gonna be giving you bardic inspiration, uh -huh. you can just you can let him you hit can you. Just let him hit you. Yep. Okay. I mean, yeah. Basically, that's just it's a way of combining two things into one yep. for simplicity's sake. Yep. Cool. All right. Yeah. Simple. And effective. that's what he does. That works. He's not gonna be too much of a combatant character. His damage output is a little on the low side for that, yeah. but his AC is a little higher to make up for it. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. And he is just a friendly bugman who will give you bardic inspiration and just sing and dance for you yeah he's more of an npc than he is yep. a, 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 uh, anything else yep please do not fight the bug man don't fight him he's such a nice guy <laughs> he, he is a sweetheart and he's he got the voice so of sean lennon we're gonna we're gonna stick him in with our um our uh oh god what did we call the the shape of water creature i can't remember whatever that's the episode where i, I fucked up immensely in my commentary so <laughs> i prefer not to think about that episode <laughs> um but he'll be friends um Alrighty then, uh, yep. I think we should go ahead and wrap this up. Um, cool, cool. So next time, yeah. What are we doing next time? It's, um, it's so, you, man. Yeah, if you want to join along with us, uh, we are going to be watching Tremors Two. 
Oh, okay. We're finally going to do that we're one unless you change your mind one. between now. Yeah, we're going to be doing that one. Yes, unless we, <laughs> unless I change my mind again and need to ADR again, it's a possibility. Um, but yeah, we're going to do Tremors two. One of my, again, one of my all time favorite movies, and probably one of the close a movie that that's held close to my heart. So okay. Um. So yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, tell a friend. If you hate it. Tell that you know. Recommend. Tell an enemy. That <laughs> Do something. I'm having a stroke. Matt's having a stonk. Um. Stat blocks and other links in the description. Uh, I will one day update those, um, and hopefully not screw any more up. <laughs> I it um, was immensely puzzled when I looked at the stat block for the tingler and I started talking about peanut butter and jelly. Matt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I because I use a uh, home brewery. Right. And when you create a stat block, it autofills with a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. And I guess I just accidentally didn't delete one line. <laughs> so um, I haven't bothered to change it because I'm pretty sure, I, I wasn't even sure anybody would notice. I was a little surprised that you noticed. <laughs> We've already gotten a couple retweets and nobody has said a damn thing about it. So. Well, one of the retweets was me and I just told you directly. There, no, but there are, yeah. we've had a couple other people yeah. looking at that tweet and nobody's noticed it. So yep. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, it'll be fixed when it's in the folder for sure. Okay. But <laughs> I mean, it has no bearing on no. the actual stat block. It does not. Kind of a goof. <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, all that stuff's in the description. Um, and uh, Consider supporting us on our Patreon, where you can get a huge amount of backlog content, uh, extra stuff, magic weapons and magic items, subclasses, more creatures, backgrounds. There's so much stuff there. So uh, we really, would really appreciate it. And I guess we will see you in two weeks. Why do you